Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast. Uh, we're in a fireside chat, or fireside groove as Jordan will call it normally. Uh, we're man down, I'm joined by Dominic. How's it going, Dom? Hey, what's up? Hey, episode 27. Um, yeah, Jonathan... Jonathan, I don't know where that name came out of. <laughs> Jordan couldn't be with us this week, so we're rolling two men deep. Uh, you just, you want to call everyone Jonathan today, huh? Yeah, I guess. I have Jonathan Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, just the name Jonathan's on my mind. Uh, so if you're Jonathan out there, uh, follow me on Twitter, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so episode 27, we're going to be getting to what we've been playing. Um, it wasn't too busy of a week for me. I played more Madden 17. I am super hyped for the NFL season, so I'm just going away at that, playing Madden Ultimate Team, which is kind of like FIFA Ultimate Team. A lot more people, I think, buy FIFA than Madden as far, you know, uh, internationally. Um, so... Yeah, it's just you collect cards and build your own team, the team you've always wanted to play with. You get Hall of Famers and current players. Uh, it's fun. It's Madden, obviously. Um, the second game was actually a surprise. We got a review code for it. I'm going to be writing up a review for the website. So if you want to check that out, go to controlledinterest.com where we have articles up there and our reviews and all of that good stuff. Um, the final station is a 2D um, action-adventure puzzle game. It's kind of it's kind of weird. So it's not it's not a platformer. Um, and like I was explaining to you before the show, Dom, it, it encompasses a lot of different things, a lot of different mechanics. Um, and it's, it's very hard to explain, but it is very fun. The art style is very engaging. The story is actually really cool. Um, and it's a, you know, there's a lot of, uh, resource management with the, uh, med kits and the food and the ammo for your guns. Um, there's little shops where you can buy guns and buy upgrades, um, I recently got a laser pointer for my gun, which actually helps the game a lot because since it is in a 2D perspective uh, and your ammo's limited, you got to make sure you're pretty accurate with your shots. Um, and there's different enemy types. There's like I don't know if they're zombies or if they're aliens or what. They, I'm through this. I'm through about two and a half hours in. And it's still not clear. You're kind of piecing that together. But there are enemies who have like bulletproof. Uh, if you if you've ever watched The Walking Dead, uh, the the prison escape scene where there's that zombie who has the SWAT gear on, it's essentially that where you have to like get rid of the helmet and then actually get, dispose of oh, the yeah. the the monster. Like I said, I'm still not clear if they're. I'm pretty sure they're zombies. They could be aliens. I'm not too sure. Um, but it's a fun game. If you are interested in it at all, definitely check out some gameplay videos. Um, it is really fun. It's definitely going to probably be in my top games for the year that I've played. Uh, like I said, I'm only two and a half hours in. That could completely change. Or it could be my game of the year if it's really that good. But, um, yeah, so far loving The Final Station. Really good game. And uh, lastly, the Battlefield 1 beta came out uh, the day before recording this. Um, I The game itself was fun. I did have issues with the servers trying to get online. Uh, I'm not mad at that. That's the point of a beta, right? Um, but the game itself was cool. Uh, like I said earlier this year, I'm picking Titanfall 2 over Battlefield 1, um, and I'm still sticking with that. Uh, by Battlefield 1 is by no means a bad game. I thought the beta actually ran really well for beta outside of the servers and the connectivity issues. Maps are beautiful. That's always a thing with Battlefield. Watching people ride around in horses swinging swords is awesome. Um, I saw some video of that. It looks hilarious. Yeah, it's super fun. Um, you use older guns, so it's not it's not the Call of Duty. It's not the battlefields you're used to, where you know there are these guns that have like 20 times zoom, and you can see everything perfectly. There's plenty of guns that reload after every single shot, um, which some people might find annoying if they're used to shooters. But it's like, you know, when you play any game, it's about being basically getting into that world, right? And you definitely feel like you're in that era, like you're in World War One. So man, yeah, it reminds me of uh, Call of Duty World at War. I loved that game. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, like there were submachine guns, but yeah, it was not nearly like, you know, the modern shooters where every gun is just deadly and accurate, no recoil and that sort of thing. Like it was actually like you kind of got to play to your gun. Like, yeah, if you have that bolt action every shot that you can't even really trust that you're going to hit the guy when you aim at him, you got to play a little differently. I, I, I think that's cooler. I like that. Yeah, I like, and I mean, if you're playing like advanced warfare, obviously the guns need to be advanced. That makes sense. Right. So it makes sense that if you take it that that far back, that the, the the gameplay should replicate that. Um, it's Battlefield. It's something that I didn't expect. It definitely, it's it's not as bad as Far Cry Prime on the sense of like it just feels like a reskinning. It definitely feels like a new Battlefield game. It runs super awesome in that new Frostbite engine, um, but it still is nothing new enough for me to get super intrigued in buying a Battlefield game. I appreciate them, but they're not something I'm willing to shell out my money for personally. Um, plus, I can probably get 10 hours free due to EA Access, which is still weird that that's only an Xbox thing. Um, I think that's one thing yeah. that people overlook a lot is EA Access is actually a very good service. Uh, it kind of eliminates the whole, uh, you know, getting jaded by a game that you buy and it's not good. For 5 bucks a month, which I think you could just pay the yearly fee of 20 bucks, which is a crazy good deal. Uh, most of their games, if not all of their games, when they release, you get a 10-hour window, essentially a demo to play the game, and it's a full game. It's not like it's it's barred off or anything. So, um, it's really cool. I think EA Access is a hell of a deal, and I think... It's a shame that PlayStation gamers don't get it because I think it's a really awesome thing. But, uh, yeah, so Battlefield 1 beta was fun. Servers sucked, but that's the point of a beta. What about you? What have you been playing and, and doing? So I got another laundry list. Uh-oh. Um, so I finished up Telltale's Game of Thrones. Okay. And was it just Jordan that played it, or did you play this too? I'm only three episodes in. I, well, okay. I finished up to episode... I finished... I'm going to be starting episode four. I, yeah. Okay. So I won't, I won't get into spoilers then, obviously. All right. But I really liked it. Um, really tough choices, especially later on. Um, and it, it just feels like the show, so much so, while still being a Telltale. It, I think it, they just blended everything really nicely together. I was, I, it was really cool. And I'm excited. Hopefully they have a season two coming in my lifetime. Um, <laughs> Sometime soon, yeah, with everything yeah. they're making. Yeah. After that, uh, I put a little more time into Dragon's Dogma, which is a hard game. It's, it's very, very I've difficult. never even seen gameplay. What kind of game is this? It's like a third-person RPG? Like, I have yeah. no idea what this game is. I've Yeah. So, it's, it's kind of hard to describe. Third-person, probably the same... Uh, same angle or same POV as, like, the, like the Witcher 3. Okay. So a little bit more drawn back than, say, Dark Souls and much more fast-paced than Dark Souls. And as far as I can tell, there's no lock-on mechanic. Ooh, so it's a little yeah. – it's it's interesting. It's yeah. different. I, I, I kind of like that. Um, What's the like, setting? Is it like sci-fi? Is it like – Oh, well, it's, Dragon's it's medieval. Dogma, so, okay, it's medieval. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's – the combat is really fun despite that lock-on thing. Like it, it really works because – You'll fight these giant trolls and giant griffins with snake tails and all these ridiculous, crazy cool monsters, and you can climb all over them while hitting them. Um, but the world is just much less interesting than when I think of like playing Fallout, where I wanna, I like want to go and search every room in every house I go to. Dragon's yeah. Dogma is just kind of like a big open field, and there's enemies all around, and there's hills and some mountains and such, but. It's kind of empty and boring, I guess. And the yeah. story, 
I couldn't even really be bothered with so far. But so it's it's still fun though. Uh, it's gonna be a long one, so th- th- this is gonna be a, a slow burn. But uh, beyond that, uh, the Nuka World DLC dropped for Fallout Four, so I actually spent a lot of time in that, and it is awesome. Like this is definitely the best piece of DLC for Fallout Four so far. That's great to hear. Granted, I never did the the Vault Workshop one. I never even okay. bothered. But that's what it is. I didn't. I don't expect that. I'm missing much. To me, that's so an optional one. Yeah, it's like if you're yeah. into that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because the crafting and all that was kind of like, or like the building, the crafting the guns and armor was really cool. But you know, the whole building aspect of Fallout Four, I never really got into. It's okay. Nice yeah. that it's there, but I wish they would have spent some more, some less resources on that, in in favor of something else. But well, either way, it's it's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, the Nuka World DLC is really cool. Um, you're in this, it's, it's bigger than I thought it would be. I didn't know exactly what the scope of this was going to be. Um, basically you're in this giant theme park and it's sectioned off. And as soon as you get in, as soon as you start, uh, you show up and you do a couple things. I won't get into too much detail. You become basically the leader of this entire, uh, theme park right off the bat pretty much. Oh, that's cool. When you start, but Within the theme park, there's three different rival gangs. And your position as the leader of everyone doesn't actually have that much power. And so you have to kind of play the game uh, the Game of Thrones uh, <laughs> with these different gangs. And then you end up uh, conquering these different territories of the, of the theme park that haven't been that overrun by Meyer Lurks or Ghouls or whatever else it is. Um, and then you have to give each area you conquer, you have to... You know, say, well, I'm going to give this to the disciples or I'm going to give it to... Oh, wow. I can't remember what the other gangs were called. But yeah, so you get to choose who you're going to put in power of each area and stuff. But so I've only like, gotten through... It's like Fallout Risk, kind of. Yeah, it's interesting. And yeah. I don't... I've already, I've probably already played five or six hours. And I feel like I've only gotten through maybe a third of it. It's, it's really... There's a lot to it. Um, but the one area I did conquer was really cool. You're basically going through this kind of riddler-esque madhouse and there's this magician and he's a ghoul and he's just like teasing you along the way and it really reminds me of like the riddler or the mad hatter because you're going through these weird mazes and all sorts of ridiculous stuff and then at at the very end of it i'm fighting him and i found a really funny glitch basically how this fight works is you'll shoot him a couple times and he drops a little smoke pellet and disappears and reappears somewhere else in the room okay and I eventually killed him, but because they're ghouls, they have some weird radioactive thing that like regenerates their health every so often. Yeah. But I got stuck. So basically, even when I dropped his health bar all the way to the bottom, he'd just disappear and come back with all his health again. So I like tried to kill him for like a half an hour, and it, he just wouldn't die. Oh, wow. That sucks. <laughs> and then even even eventually, like his he became just a corpse lying there. He wasn't fighting back. So like the animation thought he was dead. But the health bar didn't know he was dead. It was ridiculous. I had That's to, you funny. know, I just had to power up a last, uh, a previous saber. But yeah, I th- it was kind of funny. I, you would think that pissed me off, but I was like, huh, that, that would happen. But, yeah, that's odd. Yeah. yeah. So, so far, really awesome piece of DLC, which actually, I don't know if you saw it, but the trailer was really cool too. Kind of got me hyped up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, there's a really, it's got a really cool mood, I guess. It's like Fallout has that kind of like weird charm like 
old world, but it's just a little off. I don't know. It's it's just goofy and charming in that kind of way. Uh, after that, I spent a little time playing Battlefront, um, which I didn't realize. I finally played with with the uh, the Sony Gold headphones. Holy crap! That's it's a whole different game when you're wearing 7.1 surround sound headphones or oh, five, wow. whatever they yeah. are. Yeah. Well, people that's, like people love the audio in that game. They say that the, like the audio production of that game is like bar none. So it, it absolutely changes the experience, like a hundred percent. And these aren't even like the best headphones you can buy either, but still pretty good. And yeah, that's just something that Dice always seems to do well. Is that you know the sound of an explosion next to you is just like holy shit. Um, yeah. In all their games. And then, of course, in Star Wars, it's kind of amplified because it's those lasers and those noises you kind of already know and that those sort like, of stuff. Those iconic sounds, yeah. Exactly. So, only spent a, you know, only played a couple matches of that, but really appreciated the sound. Um, and then after that, I grabbed Super Mario 3D Land on 3DS because it was on sale. It was only $20. Um, it's a fun little game. There's, it's basically a 3D Mario game split up into courses and the levels, and each level is only a couple minutes long, but hmm. fun. It's not too demanding. It's not too deep, but I like that about it. It's kind of just fire it up and play a f- few levels real casually real quick, you know, jumping around on, you know, mushrooms and whatever else. So Yeah, like get in, get out. Don't worry about it. Yep. And uh, I'm taking a trip this weekend, so I got about 10 hours in the car to kill. So I'll be doing some some 3ds and vita uh gaming for sure oh awesome this weekend so yeah that's everything i've been playing like i said another laundry list that's great uh so we're going to be hopping into the news now um so today of the day we're recording this is actually september 1st um and uh there was a nintendo direct this morning and sadly it wasn't for the nx it was for the 3ds which is still cool but it isn't the nintendo direct everyone wants uh by the end of the year um there were some really cool announcements so i'm gonna get it through here uh get through it here through this article uh over at eurogamer.net and uh, if i miss anything or if the article doesn't cover anything that you remember uh dom just chime in uh, so this is by tom phillips um so this is going through the announcements, not in order, uh, but there was a new Pikmin 3DS side-scroller game that was announced to be in the works, which is interesting for that series. I didn't, re- I didn't think personally that Pikmin was a big enough franchise to, to be able to market a 2D side-scroller version of it. Um, and it's weird to me. Like the Pikmin games are always good games, but it, it's weird that they would take a risk on this. Um, but yeah, I, I have, I have no, no feelings about this. What do, you, what do you think about this new Pikmin game? Yeah. I've never played any of the Pikmin games, so the fact um, that this is 2D, I don't even... Yeah, the more, the more surprising one is uh, Super Mario Maker uh, heading to 3DS. Yes! Uh, but it's not going to have any online course sharing. You can play Wii U courses that people have made. Not all of them are going to work, but uh, a good majority of them are. But you can't personally upload any courses from the 3DS version, is what I got from uh, the Nintendo Direct. Uh, this is really interesting. It's not surprising, though, considering... Super Mario Maker is probably going to be on the NX, and the NX is a handheld hybrid. Makes sense for them to kind of get the tools in place to work on a handheld version of Super Mario Maker, right? So um, this kind of makes me think if there is going to be... So if you buy Super Mario Maker on the NX, when you have it in the handheld version, are you playing the quote-unquote 3DS version, and then when you plug it in, are you playing the like an up-resed Wii U version? Yeah, that kind of makes me. Yeah, that kind of makes me think of like, well, if there's two versions of that game, then which are you playing the same version on both? Or are you playing different versions? So, 
We'll wait and see on that. It's really cool, though. Super Mario Maker. That's definitely a game I might actually pick up on the 3DS because uh, I love Mario. So being able to play a bunch of different levels is cool. Um, uh, another game coming to uh, the 3DS that was on the Wii U, Yoshi's Woolly World uh, is getting a fresh 3DS version with uh, Yarn Poochie Amiibo. I think it's gonna be. I think it's called like Poochie Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World or something. Is gonna be the 3DS version, and Poochie's like this little yarn dog. I, I don't know if it's Yoshi's pet. I'm not too familiar with the lore there, but um, the Amiibo looks cool. It's made out of yarn. It's kind of like the Yoshi one that came out when Woolly World. Um, came out for the Wii U. That looks interesting. I'm not, I'm not too interested in that game, but it's cool. It's coming to 3DS for people that want to play it. Um, next up, four years later, Animal Crossing New Leaf is getting a new update, which allows Amiibo support on the the, the new 3DS XL, which is weird to me that they'd update, update this game four years later. Um, that's yeah. yeah, we, super weird. Uh, another thing here that isn't too relevant to me personally, but uh, people might like to hear that this is uh, now a possibility, is that 3DS Street Pass now accepts more than 10 Miis at once. So if you're going to conventions, uh, this will definitely be a benefit to you if you like getting all those Street Passes. I have no idea how the whole system works. I know a bunch, a bunch of people love it, and uh, they love getting Street Passes at conventions, so hopefully that I've helps you guys. I've never used it. Yeah, me neither. No idea how it works, but a lot of people yeah. love it. So, uh, And one of the other cool announcements is... Uh, there's a new set of Legend of Zelda amiibos to celebrate um, 30 years of Legend of Zelda, and uh, also they'll work with Breath of the Wild. So the amiibos um, are a 8-bit Link from the original Legend of Zelda, and Ocarina of Time Link, which I'm super sure that Dom's going to be spending money on. Um, what are the other ones? There's a packaged one with Link and Zelda from Wind Waker, and the last one is... The 8-bit. No, there's. I already said the 8-bit, the Ocarina of Time, and the Wind Waker ones. I think that's it. Oh yeah, the there's Wind four Waker of them. Yep, you're right. There's Link four of them. Zelda. Yep. Um, there was also an art book that you can pre-order through Amazon. That's had the covers red with the gold, the Zelda gold, and it's uh, just an art book from Zelda throughout the years, which is really cool. Um, there was also Mario Sports Superstars game that was announced. Uh, Picross 3D Round 2, which was announced. Uh, some new information on Pokemon Sun and Moon. There was a new version of Rattata that's actually a dark normal type, which is really cool. And the lore behind it's cool that they Rattata's basically um, infested the island and they released this new mongoose Pokemon that people say looks like Donald Trump to kind of get rid of them. And what they did is they actually changed their their living habits and they it adapted and now they're nocturnal so that's why they're dark normal type and they're actually black ratatas and they're not purple anymore so it's pretty cool lore um yeah other than that did i miss anything from the nintendo direct uh there's also the galaxy version of the 3ds xl the new oh, yeah. 3ds xl that's like a galaxy pattern on it um really weird to me personally that they're gonna that they're releasing a new version of their handheld so close to nx but maybe it's because they wanted it seems weird because it's so close, but maybe they wanted to release one final thing. Like, this is, you know, probably the last 3DS you're getting. Because if NX is a handhold, a handheld console hybrid, I doubt they're going to be trying to market to sell that, right? They're going to be trying to sell the NX. That's their new baby. So that's This this whole thing surprises me because this is a, there's a lot of stuff they just announced coming to 3DS this year and next year. A couple of those are not due for till 2017. So, yeah, I agree with you. This is really weird. That they're pouring so much into the 3DS right now, when uh, assuming that the NX is this handheld thing that would presumably replace the 3DS, it seems odd. So I think there's definitely something we don't know. Also, they never on. said in the direct that any of these games are coming exclusively exclusively True. to 3DS. So maybe they are also coming to NX, and that's why. But you did you did miss one thing. 
uh, small thing. Uh, Skyward Sword is available on Wii U virtually. Yeah, virtual console, yep. Yeah. Uh, and there was something else, something having to do with Wind Waker that I don't remember. Um, but yeah, if you actually want all the information, we did miss up some minute details that aren't super important. But if you want the whole roundup, there's uh, the VOD on Nintendo's YouTube channel. Um, and you can skim through that and see whatever you missed. Um, and people bash on Nintendo uh, Directs because they like things live. And some of the humor is very... It's very cringy. I hate to use that word, but it is very cringy is. sometimes in their Directs. But I do appreciate them at least trying and kind of setting something up. Um, I would like the NX announcement to be live. That's not going to happen. It'll be a Direct. Um, yep. But... At least it's something different. It's refreshing instead of all these these you know live conferences. At least it's something that's a little bit more structured, a little bit more planned. Um, so yeah, that's that, that was the Nintendo 3DS Direct, which is super weird. It could, like I said, like we were talking about, is like it's weird that it's so close to NX, but it could be, like we said, none of them were mentioned to be 3DS exclusives, so they could become an NX. And also maybe there was stuff that is only on 3DS, but they didn't want to wait to announce it after they announced the NX because people won't care then. So maybe that's why they made this event so they can get all the information out for the 3DS because moving forward, they're really only going to be talking about the NX, you know? So I have a theory, actually, I just thought of. What if the NX also has a slot for 3DS cartridges? Ooh, that would work. That would be awesome, but actually. That would that would be awful, though, if, is if I couldn't... Uh, move my digital 3ds games over to it then i'd be really pissed yeah but that'd be something to... yeah that'd be something they would do yeah you know or well, rather not do. that's how they currently do it is they believe that your your ownership of games is tied to physically having them yeah so if you lose your 3ds you're kind of screwed so i hope games. there's an account system um but speaking of nintendo uh, over at let's play video games uh this it's crazy because this website's actually broke uh laura dale over there at the website's broke a, a couple of news stories in a couple of weeks in the last couple of weeks uh, and she writes, Nintendo NX handheld dimensions layout info, lack of region lock. Um, excuse me. So there's an editor's note on this article. And she basically writes, Since running this report, we have learned that the original source was less reliable than we claimed to be. Uh, than they claim to be. We are sharing this information because while the specifics such as dimensions below may, not lo may no longer be precise... Excuse me. Our other sources have agreed with a lot of the information as being accurate when presented to them for corroboration. These sources have reliably assisted with multiple correct leaks in the past. So they're basically saying that their main source for this was basically was found out to be not super reliable, but they have talked to other people and a lot of this information is is being substantiated. So, um, so I'm going to read for you here. Today's report comes from a source working on the NX title set to launch in holiday 2017. Uh... Uh, corroborated and lined up with information from sources we have worked with during the past. Uh, our source was given us the mentions for the current NX development kit as well as detailed diagrams for things like power, headphones, storage devices, more connect to the device. Our previous sources agree that the dimensions and layout sound correct. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure you've seen this layout, right, uh, Dom? Yeah, I don't like it. Um, the I'm specifically looking at the right side. The analog stick feels kind of high above the four like a b y x buttons yeah okay so i'm imagining you know aiming or something with the right stick and it being a burden to go push one of those buttons I, just the way it look this is a sketch so yeah um it's it's weird the thing too is so it's you know the controllers are detachable so yeah. it would be really bold and this will never happen but it'll be really bold if there was certain 
certain uh, versions of of the controller on that right side, where you can get the one where the the analog stick is above it, you can get the one where it's below it. That would never happen. They'd never do anything like that. But it's a cool idea to think of. Of like, since these are detachable, it's kind of like mix and match to see what works well for you. Um, and there's different kind of uh, versions, right? So there's one where the analog stick is below, one where it's above. Uh, just interesting. Um, the, I don't even know. The NX could be a sausage maker. Yeah. Right now, and I wouldn't be that surprised. I have as, no idea. As far as the ports and stuff, it's interesting. So the SD slots on the top from this diagram, the TV connectors on the top where it would become a normal console from what we've been hearing, um, the power buttons on the bottom, the headphone jacks on the bottom, and then the cartridge, because like we've heard so many times that they're going back to cartridges for this thing, um, is going to be on the bottom as well. Uh, the interesting thing here is, so it says it's going to have cartridges, and we were talking about the 3DS cartridges, right? What if, what if, how would I say this? What if when you buy a game, you you can buy it, the disc version that's for the home console version of it, and then you have a downloadable version that works with your console with your the handheld version, and the cartridge slot on the NX is so is solely for 3DS games. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if the cartridge yeah. isn't even for NX titles? What if the NX titles work digitally and through your console with a disc, and the cartridge is just for backwards compatibility with your 3DS? That's an interesting thing to think about as well. Um, I'm not too familiar with, like, the architecture and, like, the, the workarounds with cartridges, but I don't know if you could have the same form cartridge with more memory on it than you do with the the 3DS ones. I don't know if it had to be bigger, you know? Uh, I, I don't mean, know if it could be put into... micro SD cards with, like... 64 120 and 250 gigabyte well yeah but i don't know how that works with games like you're saying the architecture and and not so much the space but like the form factor i don't know if you can basically make it so it can read both of those things i don't know if you can make it so it reads both the nx cartridges and the 3ds ones you know what i'm saying yeah, um, okay, I don't know I how see. that works. I'm not too familiar with that. The size thing is an issue. They probably have stuff where, yeah, exactly, like SD cards and, and memory that you can store a bunch of stuff. It's just, I don't know if you can have one slot where it reads both of them. I'm not too sure. Um, but as far as the diagram, it, it goes on to show the detachable controllers. Um, the biggest thing, like you said, the biggest gripe people are having is that the analog stick is above the face buttons on the right side. Um, the start and select buttons are Nintendo buttons. They look exactly like Nintendo buttons, the tiny little circles. Um, there was also another story that I didn't include in this week's news, but it is relevant about the D-pad being separated. It's not all one piece and that it's going to have a share button, which I think on the diagram is that button below the select button. Um, and the share button is supposed to work like the share feature on the PS4 DualShock, um, which is weird to me that games are going to have share buttons now, especially Nintendo, who is known for not liking Let's Plays. Yeah, and, I doubt it. Yeah. Um... I think the share button maybe isn't what we like. It's not share to social media. I think it's share on the Nintendo community thing, the Nintendo UI, the Nintendo whatever it is, the Miiverse. Um, I think that's what it is. I don't think it's so much share to Twitter, share to Facebook. You know, that's not Nintendo. I don't think. But uh, Nintendo hasn't really been Nintendo lately with some of the stuff they've they're rumored to be doing with this device. So we'll see. Um, any takeaways with this before we move on to the next story, Dom? As far no. as you know, this. Do you think this is? Do you think this is? How how much of a percentage do you think that this is right on these dimensions? Do you think that you know these are like ninety percent? These are like eighty percent? These are like seventy percent? Like if you had, if you were a betting man, what would you guess? I'd say this is maybe fifty percent correct. Okay, you're going really low. You think that there's. That's- and that's under the assumption that all the previous rumors rumors we've heard are true about it being yeah. a hybrid and all that. 
So what do you think is like what is the fifty percent about this that you think is right? Is it the the slots because those are kind of given those can be anywhere really, or is it that you don't really think that they put the you know the the analog stick above the buttons? Like what exactly with this is reading as wrong? So the layout of the buttons, yeah, the analog sticks look ridiculous up top. It doesn't really that doesn't really make sense. I mean, they've got to do some testing and like realize like this isn't comfortable. This doesn't work. Um, also the TV connector, I imagine that being on the bottom. Just because I, from all the previous rumors, the way I visualized this, the NX is you basically have a dock connected to your TV the whole time and it's nothing by itself, but then you pop this guy into the dock and it becomes your home console, right? Yeah. That's kind of how I pictured this. Um, so I, I think the TV connector would be on the bottom if you're going to put it into a dock. That would make more sense to me. But And then otherwise, it just looks, it's too square. I don't. It's not very Nintendo. I don't know. Well, also, I think this is somebody seeing it or maybe seeing information and jotting it down. The easiest thing for somebody to draw is a square, right? Yeah. So it'll probably have a little bit more smoothness to it, a lot more bevel. Um, but I think the easiest thing to get across a message is, well, make it a tr rectangle because it's practically a rectangle. You know, you don't get the curvatures or any of the, those things because people are just trying to communicate an idea. Um, and it was looks like it was drawn in Microsoft Paint or you know on a computer. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. point being, they use you know the the rectangle tool where you just drag it and it makes a perfect rectangle. Yeah. Well, so the that, weird yeah. the weird thing too is so like some of the rumors were that you put this on the dock and it makes the the whole thing more powerful, right? Which is interesting to me because it could work two ways. It could be that the TV connector is on top because they want you to read it as a controller. So therefore, it plugs into the top that reads as a controller, right? The port to your TV is at the top. That makes sense. Um, but maybe it is. When you plug it into your TV, you just turn it upside down too. So maybe think about it as yeah. when you're holding it as a mobile device, that's the top. But when you plug it in, it's the bottom. Um, I think though that they do have this is a if this is all true and you can detach the controllers, they can definitely reiterate and make it a better experience, which is really smart and ingenious kind of. Because if they do testing and they realize that people don't like the controller parts, they can you know release newer versions. Also, and like I'm not, I'm not a businessman. I'm not familiar with this stuff. But I would think that the main, the central area where the screen is and all the components are, is definitely harder, harder to remanufacture, as opposed to manufacturing a bunch of the controller pieces. You know, so if they did go through testing, and this is early diagrams, and they have reiterated on the actual design, it it's way easier to go through and, you know, print out and manufacture a ton of the controller side pieces instead of the main screen area with all of the components right it would be way yeah. easier to just manufacture a bunch of those be like oh we screwed up let's we have to fix it as opposed to you know if this was all one piece and having to remanufacture a bunch of 3ds's that wouldn't happen so interesting we'll see um the next story here uh foxconn employee leaks ps4 neo layout mock-up looks identical to final product uh, price is rumored to be $450. Price is, uh, th this whole story is interesting. So if you're not familiar, Foxconn is essentially a Taiwanese firm that worked with Sony through a contract on the PlayStation 2 and many other con uh, console and handheld devices. On a so, side note, they're apparently very evil and you don't want to work for them because they just treat their workers very poorly. Um, shocker, you know. Yeah, um, and they, they make pretty much, they make Apple devices and pretty much every electronic device is manufactured at Foxconn. Exactly. So the Foxconn employee wrote an A9VG. 
on A9VG, which is a Chinese forum where they, they talk about stuff. You basically put that the factory code is, is as follows. C, original PS4, D, PS4 Slim, G, PS4 Neo. The PS4 Neo is three, similar to the sandwich. Old price of three uh, 3,000 staff speaks. So I don't know what that means. Uh, one, the button is located... It basically goes... I don't want to read through this whole thing. I'll have a link, uh, a link in the description of the YouTube video. But essentially, the, 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 the drawing of it is think of a PlayStation 4 Slim. The new one, the, the new one that got leaked. Think of it having an extra layer. So think of it being three levels instead of two. That's essentially what the mock-up of the PS4 Neo looks like. Um, it's also rumored to be 9.5 pounds. The So that doesn't surprise me. I think it's an interesting decision to make it an extra layer thick. It makes sense because if they have bigger components, right, more powerful components, and they want it to read as a PS4, so that makes sense as a design structure of like, this is a more powerful PS4, so it's a bigger PS4, right? Um, the most interesting thing to me is the price point. Um, $450 seems, it doesn't seem crazy for the type of power it has, I would assume that they would try to go cheaper with this, considering that it probably or might release alongside the PSVR. I think 400 would probably be a nice, more round number. Obviously, this is all rumor. They could have made a change as how much they're gonna cost. Uh, it's gonna cost. Um, but uh, yeah. So, what do you think about this whole this whole thing with this Fox kind of play? Do you think the design's correct? What do you think about the the design and the price and everything, Dom? I, I don't believe it for a, a minute. It does not look legitimate. It, I just I don't believe it. You don't believe it at all. No, nah, I think it's complete fallacy. Like, it's just, I don't, this doesn't look like real. It, it looks like something you would draw, like a, your th third grade son would draw or something, like if he designed it. It just doesn't look right. Okay. Um, what about the price, though? So, say the design isn't correct. Do you think he's right about the price, 450 Yeah, the price is more believable. I would, I would guess 400 but I don't know how much it costs to make the things the thing and you know whether or not they want to eat some money on each one and etc or how they think it'll stack up against other consoles that are around um because everything we have is rumor and speculation on how powerful it will be so maybe like you said maybe something's changed but that i wouldn't i would hope it's not more than 450 i think that's the absolute maximum they would want to go for with this yeah, so my only my only argument to that, and I kind of already have the counter-argument to my own argument, uh, is like, so the, the rumors about Scorpio is that it will probably be around 400 to $450, right? And it's, from the rumors, it's much more powerful than the Neo. Um, Microsoft makes way more money than Sony does. Yeah. Easily. So they can easily afford to eat money. They can eat money all day if they needed to, right? Um and they are definitely gonna they, they're trying to compete again, so they're definitely gonna make it so it's at least four fifty or four hundred dollars. There's no way Sony should make this more than four fifty because they why would somebody buy this over an Xbox Scorpio when it's substantially stronger? Because you figure the people that are buying this in the first place are looking at the performance, you know? So it's like, well, what should I buy this one or this one? They're the same price, but this one's way so, more expensive. But really my counter quick. my counter argument to that is what I was gonna say is Scorpio doesn't come out till next year at the earliest. Exactly. <laughs> and we're assuming that this is coming out this year. By that time, there would be a price drop. It would make sense. So I already had the counter argument to my own argument. I was just out there for discussion. Um, yeah, no, but you, this is out there first. I mean, this is available. So if you have a 4K TV and this is there, Scorpio's not here yet. You don't even know what that is. Then you buy this if you have money to spend, right? Yeah, And then exactly. when Scorpio does come out, you're kind of like, do I need it? Because then... 
it's you know so that's the that's the advantage that they have even though it's not as big of a jump in power yeah it's it's going to be an interesting avenue to see how everything shakes out um that's pretty much it i wanted to hear your opinions on that you gave your opinions you don't think it's real which is completely understandable uh, i think there is some truth to this i don't know if it's 100 percent true but i do think there are some grains that might be true the design is interesting to say the very least i really don't like the ps4 slim design uh in my opinion, I don't. It looks like a Roku to me. It. Uh, I, a lot of people have said it looks cheaper than the ri- original PS4, which I totally agree with. Um, it it definitely. I wouldn't say it reads as a Nintendo console, but it definitely reads cheaper than what Sony consoles usually look like. I don't think a Sony console has necessarily looked cheap since the PS2, um, but that's my opinion. Uh, Neither here nor there. Um, we're going to be hopping into the topics here. Uh, Jordan isn't with us, obviously, so what we're going to be doing is. Uh, Dom and I are going to have our individual topics, and then we're going to be doing some uh, questions that I got through Twitter and Facebook. Um, but my first topic here I want to talk about is, uh, so we were t- talking about the Amiibos um, earlier, that they announced those four new Amiibos. Um, I currently don't own any Amiibos. Do you, Dom? I don't think you do, do you? Nope. So the, the thing is, is like, I love the Amiibos. I like the idea of them. They're very, they seem like they're very high quality. They're very nice. Um, I think they're priced fairly well. I think they're a little on the expensive side. It makes sense, though supply and demand um but i just want to talk about like so we were having a funny discussion in our chat earlier of like you want to get the ocarina of time one but you're afraid you're going to fall into a hole that's kind of where i'm at too like i like funko pops as well but i'm like if i buy obviously i know i have self-control but like you know if you buy one it's kind of like the beginning of the end it's like well i have the you know i buy the hulk funko pop well, I like Hulk. Well, what other superheroes do I like? So then I buy that one. Well, then I, if I have him, I have to have this one. And then if I have this one, I have to have this one. But then on the opposite argument of it, like with Disney Infinity closing down recently, their figures were pretty well done too. I think Amiibo has the strongest chance out of any toys to life, you know? Um, they have some of the most solid IP. Um, so it's just like, yeah, I just want to have a discussion about Amiibo and your thoughts. And by the way, the, the Ocarina of Time will look super cool. They always, they always design their Amiibos to represent the game they're from very well. Um, the Wind Waker ones read Wind Waker. The Ocarina Time one reads Ocarina Time. Um, I think they do a very good job on that. I think there's a lot of R and D that goes into that. Um, yeah. So, what are, what are your opinions on Amiibo? Yeah. So, like you said, I really do want that Ocarina of Time one, and I know that I'd buy it. And one, I'd be torn on whether or not to take it out of the packaging because the packaging is really beautiful too. Well, that's actually. why you—that's why you buy two. You buy one yeah. to take out and one to keep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's another problem I didn't even think of. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, I buy the one, and then I say, "Oh, I, this thing is cool. I want to get the rest of the Zelda amiibos." You know, because there's what five or six more after that one. Yep. Um, and then I have all those, and then. I have, you know, six Amiibos taking up some space on a, I have to, you know, find a shelf for them. And then, you know, I have the rest of the shelf that's kind of empty. I'm like, oh, well, I really like Mario or I really like Yoshi and that Yoshi yarn Amiibo looks cool. So I, I grab one of those and then I have six Zelda Amiibos and one Mario. Now that doesn't make any sense. Then you got to complete it. You got to fill it out. And then basically you end up uh, having a debt collector knocking on your door, but your door won't open because your house is so full of amiibos blocking the entrance. It looks Basically, like a tro- <laughs> it looks like a trophy room for Smash Brothers. Exactly. Yeah. That's how I envision it going for me, because I mean, I I certainly have the funds to buy some amiibos, but I it could get out of hand very quickly. Yeah. And I'm I, I'm afraid that I would like just go off off a cliff with these things, and then at, at the end of the day, like a year or two from now, when I have like if I had a shit ton of them. I would eventually kind of be like, oh, well, 
they're there. Yeah. What the one thing we're not talking about though is they they have some of the best functionality of a lot of toys to life. So. Disney Infinity, as far as I understand, I could be completely off base about this, but the Disney Infinity figures only worked with Disney Infinity, right? The thing with the Amiibos is that they work... Like, there's Amiibos that came out with Smash Brothers that are working with the newer versions of those games. So, they aren't just they aren't just sitting there necessarily because a lot of the Amiibos that came out with the first set are working on new games that weren't around when that came out. So, you are getting, like, basically repurposed things, right? Um, the old Zelda Amiibos for Smash and other games are going to work on Breath of the Wild, so there's more functionality there. And I think that lends itself very well because they do have longevity, you know, as opposed to these other toys to life that eventually do just become toys. Nintendo is has figured out a way to repurpose them over and over again, which is different than a lot of other toys to life. Um, I like the Amiibo uh, products. There's not too many that I would definitely definitely like want to own. I definitely want a King Day today, and I want a Bowser. I like those two a lot. They're very nice figures. But I'm with you of like I don't know if I want to buy one because then I might want another one, and then I might want another one, and then I might want another one. Um, what what would be? I guess Ocarina of Time is like the closest one. I was gonna ask you what would be the must buy Amiibo if they came out with one. Like what would be the number one that you would buy over anything else? Like you it's, would buy it. It's that Ocarina of Time one. It's. I like it a lot. It's just basically Adult Link uh, playing as Ocarina. I would have liked a little bit better. Maybe this already exists. Um, one of him pulling the Master Sword kind of out of Ooh, the... Uh, that would be cool. Whatever you call it. The rock, the stone that it's uh, kept in or whatever. That would be really cool. Um, but, I mean, that's up to them, I guess. Like, they're creating these and designing these. To, they're making... You know, they have people doing this all day and figuring out what's going to be appealing to me. So... Like, sit back and see what they can make, and whatever is beautiful, I guess. The interesting thing is they haven't gone full dive with the Pokemon. They could have yep. easily ran away with Pokemon Amiibo. Yeah. The one I would buy over everything is Arcanine. It's my favorite Pokemon of all time. Um, I love Arcanine to death. So if they made an Arcanine Amiibo, I'd buy it 100% day one. Um, I'm surprised they haven't opened the floodgates. They will at some point. Uh, they might start a Pokemon line of Amiibo where at first it's all of the Gen 1, and they come out in sets of, like, 10, you know, and then that starts a whole thing with people because that's insane. So I'm really curious because um, you brought up you know the toys like the actual functionality of the amiibo. Yeah. And comparing it to Disney Infinity and that sort of thing, I'd be really curious to see the sales numbers for amiibos because I'm you know I mean I'm I think it's pretty obvious they're selling like crazy for the most part. And uh, like some, use some more than others. I'm assuming and like the use metrics. Exactly. So the sales compared to how many how many people are actually using them in games. Nintendo mm. may or may not have those numbers, uh, but that'd be cool to see because in my head, I don't picture very many people actually using the Amiibos in a game. Yeah. I don't see it the same as Disney Infinity where there's younger kids like, oh, I need to have this figure so I can do this in the game. I don't see the same thing happening well, for Nintendo like that. The, the, the thing that Disney it's kind of something you might, you might use it in your game because you already have it. You exactly. I mean? You didn't buy it for the game, I guess, but... Well, yeah, and the thing, too, on top of that is in Disney Infinity, you the only way you can play as that character is if you have the figure. In, yeah. In, in Nintendo it's more games, integral to the Yeah, it, it just adds stuff to the game. Whereas in Disney Infinity, you you need to buy the Spider-Man Disney Infinity figure to play as Spider-Man, or that version of Spider-Man. Um, yeah, so nothing too much to say. I didn't want to go too long. This is kind of a short topic, but, um, yeah, so do you, do you think you're going to buy the Ocarina of Time Amiibo? Yeah. If you're going to be honest with yourself, I figured you would, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm gonna. 
If they yeah. sell it on Amazon, then I'm definitely gonna. Uh, your topic, Dom. What is that? Uh, my topic. Oh yeah. So we we spent a little bit of time talking about the Neo and such of those things, and we've done we've talked about the Neo and the Scorpio quite a bit in previous episodes, but. Since we are only six days away from the PlayStation meeting, which is next Wednesday, yep. So uh, next week's podcast, we'll have some good reactions uh, to the meeting. But for now, being as close as it is, I thought we'd just go through and uh, jot down our predictions for what gets announced at this PS meeting at the PlayStation Theater in New York, Wednesday, September seventh, three p.m. Eastern. Oh God! Which, by the way, is during work hours at Eastern time. I don't know why on earth. They did this to me. I'm so mad because I'm gonna have to. And then on top of that, I get a, I have to, I get a meeting request um, at work from two o'clock to four o'clock. I just like smack my forehead like. Oh, that's literally sucks. impossible for me to watch this live now. I'm bummed out. What I would do is I would stay off of Twitter or anything, and then have it like queued up at your house. Like have the website already open, so that way when you get home, you can just watch the VOD like it's happening live for you. And just pretend like nothing else happened. And then once you watch it, then, you know, open yourself to the outside world. It's hard to do, but. I consider that. And the only problem with that is I'm anticipate, like, my guess is that they announced the Neo showed off and say it comes out in October. Open up pre-orders. I got you. I got you. And then I'm going to need to know right that damn minute so I can go pre-order this thing. Understand. Because I tried to pre-order the the PSVR and I I was too late because I waited till like, you know the the evening of the day that pre-orders opened up, and it was just too late. I could on Amazon or Best Buy or anywhere. So, uh, we, I think play, PlayStation Four Slim is not a good prediction. We already know that's happening; <laughs> it's leaked. Um, what do you think? Let's first prediction. What do you think the price is going to be for me? What is the PS Four currently? Is it two ninety nine? No, I, I, it's three fifty because it's, it's still a bit. Of, yeah, it's still a touch above uh, Xbox One. I think. It, I mean, pretty much it always. Pretty much every console you buy nowadays comes with a game. If yeah. you buy a console without a game, then shame on you. You just so got scammed. What's <laughs> the What's the default memory for the PS4? 500. 500 gigs? So here's yeah. my here's my planning. This is my prediction. I think that for the PlayStation meeting, they're going to drop the price of the PlayStation 4 to $300. The normal PS4, that's 500 gigs. They're going to come out and announce the PS4 Slim. It's smaller. It can be cheaper. But what they're going to do is it's going to be $300 as well, except it's going to be one terabyte of storage. Wait, 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 wait. So you're saying regular PS4 will drop down to $300? Yes. And PS4 Slim will also be $300, but with more storage? Yeah. So I think there's going to be a, a 500 gig version of the PS4 Slim that's like 250 or something, 274 99 And that the $300 version will be... Uh, more memory than the PS4 one. They, they had to have a reason for people to buy the PS4 Slim over the PS4. You know? So. I, get, I don't know. I, I just, I don't see a world where there's a, where the regular PS4 costs more than the Slim. I just don't think that's realistic, I guess. I see what you're saying where they, they you know, you think, reason, so, but. so you think that, <clears throat> I mean, because there's no way the PS4 Slim will cost 400. So, in order for the Slim to cost more than the regular PS4, that means that the PS4 would have to drop to 300. And then you think the Slim's going to be 350? Yeah. So, so you just laid out what you think the prices will be. I'll say uh, PS4 Slim will be 300 dollars for 500 gigabytes. Regular PS4 will drop down to 250. Okay. 
which which would mimic uh, what Xbox has done. So their prices would be so right they're they're dropping the PS4 a hundred dollars. Yeah, now that you say that, <laughs> it sounds. <laughs> okay. So that's my hope. What, okay, what probably fifty dollars more than I said for everything. So I would. I got you. My realistic prediction then, and what I'll say is my real prediction is three hundred. The uh, regular PS4 goes down to three hundred. PS4 Slim is three fifty. Neo four fifty. Because I I really think that the Slim is going to be cheaper than the regular PS4. I just I don't see it. Maybe it'll be the same. Yeah, that's why I'm assuming it's cheaper yeah. to make, so it would be I don't know. We'll see. So the yeah. next thing, the Neo. The Neo is going to be talked about. We have a couple of things to discuss. I don't want to predict the name because there's no way we'll be able to predict that. We could say it's like the PS4.5 or whatever, yeah. maybe. I want to know what you think the release date is and what you think the price point is. For me, I really think it's coming out this fall. 450 sounds about right, but because I think they because I think that Sony wants to have the PSVR sell and they're committed to it, I think they're going to go with 400. I think they're going to eat it a little bit and I think Neo is going to be $400 and I think it's coming out um PSVR comes out October, right? October 13th. Yeah, oh, so Slim Slim released it. I think it comes out September 7th. I think on the day of the PlayStation meeting, I think Slim is available to buy. The Neo, I think, is coming out the same day as a PSVR. That's my thing. $400. And what are your predictions? So I don't think that the Slim will be available right then at the meeting because retail that would mean retailers have them, like right now, and we'd be hearing a ton of those annoying Best Buy and GameStop employee rumors of, oh, yeah, they're in the back. I hate those things. Yeah. Um, I think it's a week after. Okay. So, like, September the 14th, probably Slim uh, releases, you know, just after. Because it's not like a digital game where when you announce it right then, you could just buy it. You could just so you're saying, it. So, you're saying console, they'll, they'll, pro- they'll probably announce pre-order now, but not you can buy it in stores now. Yeah, and they might not even do pre-orders for some. They might not even play that okay. game. So if it's as close, if you know, if they're going to release it in a week, they might not even bother. So your prediction, PS4 Slim, September 14th, not the day that it's announced, okay? What about price for the Neo and release date? Uh, so 350 was my realistic prediction for the Slim price. And okay. Releasing on September 14th. For Neo, I'm thinking... I'll say a week after PSVR, so October the twentieth. I think okay. this thing releases for four fifty. And this is, I think, this has to go to our prices of what we think the Slim is going to be, because I think we both know the the Neo has to be at least a hundred dollars more expensive, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you but, think that the the Slim is going to be three fifty, so it makes sense. Four fifty. I'm three hundred. Makes sense. Four hundred. So. So actually, and I'm gonna throw. I forgot to mention one important part. So I think that Slim and Neo will both come standard with one terabyte and then old ps4 will still have 500 at the cheaper price point yeah especially especially neo i think is coming with one terabyte unless they're doing several SKUs with different storage sizes i think you have to have one with one terabyte this is your boutique item right this is your quality this is your top of the line thing that you're trying to get people with a touch bit a little bit more money that are going to buy this or that you know can afford it yeah also so. like the, i mean the xbox one s has a two terabyte version so it's well it'd bad be, but yeah it'd be weird to not have something with that much memory i think at the right. very least neo will have one terabyte i could see them playing around with the slim being 500 gigs just so that way they can get the price lower but there might be different yeah. skews of a 500 and a terabyte version neo at the very least will have one terabyte i cannot yeah. imagine that thing having less than a terabyte of storage exactly um so 
A uh, couple of things here before we close out. Uh, one, and this is just like a yes or no answer. You can elaborate if you want to. Do you think that they'll show games there? Like, obviously they'll show games playing, but will there be like a game announcement? Or will there be something we haven't seen before? Or are we going to be seeing games we already know and are established running? Like, are we going to see Horizon Zero Dawn running on the Neo? Or are we going to see something we haven't seen before, like more footage from the Spider-Man game? Or, you know, as far as games, what are we going to see? That's the easiest way to put it, I so, guess. So, there was a rumor uh, floating around about Red Dead Redemption yeah. 2 being revealed at this, and I don't think there's any chance of that at all. I don't think so either. Like, I would it, love it, but I don't think so. Yeah, it'd be great. I'm we're ready to hear from, hear about that game, but I don't think Rockstar would uh, would do that. They are going to do their own thing. They want to be the center of attention when they announce that game. And why would they align themselves themselves with one one platform when their games sell tremendously across everything? It's just kind of weird. So and they, typically, uh, you would you could see a game doing this because Sony gave them a big check to reveal the game at their <laughs> event, right? Yeah, but, but there's Rockstar. no amount of there's no amount of money. <laughs> That you could persuade Rockstar to do something. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, there's just no leverage there. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, so I don't think that happens. But I think we'll see um, some games that have already come out. Probably Uncharted 4. Um, they'll show that running. Like, yeah, we uh, up-resed it and so-and-so. And now it's a smoother frame rate or whatever it is. That sort of stuff. I think they're going to show just Neo games. I don't think they're going to also show PS4 games. Exactly. They don't want that side-to-side. But again, this is on them and their marketing team, marketing team to message this correctly, which is going to be tough. But I think they have to either show one or the other. And if they're going to, if they're presenting the Neo, then it has to be the Neo. They're going to show give you a reason to buy the Neo. I think what they're going to do is they're going to lead with the Slim because they already know it leaked. They're going to do right. their whole conference. At the end, it's going to be the one more thing moment, the Neo. And they're going to say, by the way, everything you saw tonight was running on this bad boy. That kind of thing, I think, is what they're going to do. Um, or they might not even say that. But... I mean, to not to not say that it's not running on the more the more powerful thing that you want people to buy. My biggest thing is I don't know exactly for games. I think they're going to stick it safe. I don't think they're going to do anything crazy, anything new we haven't seen. They're going to stick to familiar things. But I do think there will be a big section for VR. I think I think they're going to make a big push for VR again. It was a it was a pretty substantial section of their E3 conference, and I think it's going to be no different, especially with the release of the PSVR right around the corner. I think they're going to have a section cut out to PSVR uh, PSVR experiences. Um, they'll definitely show Batman and a couple other things, maybe something we haven't seen before that's coming to VR. Um, and so the last thing I want to talk about before we move on. These Vita rumors, this handheld rumors. Do you think these are this is happening? Do you think there's a Vita 0.5, or do you think there's a new handheld? Do you think these have no no way of happening? Like, what do you expect with the the handheld thing? Literally zero percent chance. Zero percent chance. Okay, I have not a chance. I'm going prices right. One percent chance that it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just um, it's just just no. They've neglected the Vita for two years now. And prior to that, they barely even ever talked about it. Games still, like, they're letting developers still make games for it. And there's, you know, a couple things floating around here and there on Vita, but pretty much it's just kind of there. And Sony won't even, literally won't even acknowledge it. What if it's a more powerful Vita? Like, maybe they're doing the thing that they didn't want to ever acknowledge it because they don't want people to buy it because they want people to buy this new handheld. So, and, yeah, here's the real reason I don't think it's going to happen because... I listen to, you know, Greg Miller and Colin Moriarty talk about what they would want in a Vita 2, and it sounds exactly the same as how the original Vita was marketed when it came out, as like a powerful thing that can play games, like just lots of cool games. 
and that's and that didn't work. I don't think Sony's going to try the same thing again. And then, of course, they you know they mentioned things like, well, they can add some shoulder buttons and this and that. But when you start doing that sort of stuff, you lose the portability factor. Like the Vita is a sleek, awesome little device. If you add shoulder buttons on there, then it turns into like this Wii U gamepad looking thing, and you'd have to be really good design design wise to uh, pull that off. I love the original PSP. I own that thing. I love that thing so much. It was a lot sturdier. It was a lot bigger than the Vita. Um, so I'm interested to see if, so say this thing is true. Say there is a new handheld. I wouldn't be surprised if they went bigger as opposed to smaller. Um, I think they might go back to that PSP form factor where it's a little bit girthier. Um, obviously you can probably fit better components in there, more, more powerful components if it's a little bit bigger. Um, I think they're completely, if they do make a new one, they're ditching the back touch thing. That's dumb. Um, front touch, they could easily ditch that too. Um, I, I don't, if I'm playing a mobile device, if I'm touching the front of my screen, that reads as like a phone game. Um, unless yeah. you, I don't know, it's 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 a quirky thing. That's like a Nintendo thing. That doesn't something I expect from Sony. Um, so and that's also why they would keep the front touch though, because they get iOS ports often that come to Vita. True, and they'd be missing out on that. The problem with them... <laughs> That's the unfortunate part, though, for, like, me and you. We don't really want that. Exactly. And the thing, too, is, like, they don't... Sony has strong IP, don't get me wrong, but they don't have the type of IP that translates well to mobile experiences, it seems like. Right. Um, and Nintendo obviously has that, so we'll see. My heart says I want a handheld just to see it, because that's cool. I've wanted an Xbox handheld for the longest time. My brain says it's not happening for the same reasons you did. They don't talk about it. They don't mention it. Um, they're already announcing a lot of hardware at this event, so adding another thing is kind of crazy, you know. So it's it's it, it it'd be a little bit too much on the plate for me. If they were coming out with the handheld, it'd make more sense for them to announce it at next year's E3 because you'll have the off year between whatever's after Neo, right? So uh, that might be a, a bigger option instead of just jam packing this fall. It doesn't make sense, but we'll see. Um, so last topic here is not going to be too long. Uh, we're just going to be answering a couple of questions that we got regarding the PlayStation meeting. I asked people, uh, you know, I asked people on Twitter to send me a question about the PlayStation meeting. What do they think? Uh, what they like us to answer rather? Um, so we're going to get, there are two questions. Um, first one is from Blessing. He's been on the show before. Everyone knows Blessing. Uh, Blessing Jr. over at Twitter. If you want to go follow him, he's awesome. He does the OK Beast podcast. Anyways, he asked us, Dom, uh, what out of left field thing could they do to screw it up? Uh, <laughs> talking about Sony and the PlayStation being like, what could they do that we don't maybe anticipate or we don't expect them to do that complete, could completely screw up uh, the, the PlayStation meeting? For me, I kind of have an easy answer. I think it's the messaging. It's the easiest answer. I think we're, we think that Sony will be good at their messaging because of how they handled the original PS4 announcement in comparison to the Xbox. Xboxes was a travesty, right? That's why a lot of people bought the PS4. They could easily screw up this messaging. It's a very fickle field of like, we have a slim version that's cheaper. We have a powerful Neo that's more expensive. Everything's running on the Neo. You want to buy the Neo because that games look better. Don't buy the PS4 slim. Um, and obviously that's not what they would directly say, but I think... Bad messaging, is to me, would answer the question, what out of left field could they do to screw it up? And that'd be bad messaging. What about you? That's kind of the easy answer, so. Yeah, that is the easy answer. So this is like this is often compared to how phones upgrade every year and consoles are starting to do that. That's the, the frequently used comparison. So when I think about when Apple has their events revealing an iPhone, they don't show 
a speed test of the new iPhone right next to the old one and showing you how much faster and better it is than the old one, right? Exactly, yeah. You could do the math and figure that out yourself and, and people who like dig into stuff online and stuff will figure that out that it's this much faster and this is this much better and more RAM, whatever it is. But they don't put them right next to each other and show you a comparison um, trying to get you to buy the new one because yeah, they're, then they're, you're slighting the people who have the old one. Um, granted, at iPhone events, usually they do like give you the the pricing lineup of the whole line and it usually includes just the last year's model at a discounted price right yeah just you know like a silhouette of it they're not showing you like side by side kind of stuff so if yeah sony went and did something like here's uncharted 4 on the neo and here's regular uncharted 4 ew, right next to it with literally like literally like a graphics comparison like you see an ign or GameSpot, that'd be a huge mistake because you're right the messaging is super important here the only other mistake that might come out of left field that would ruin things is the price for the Neo. If it's like yeah. $600 or something ridiculous, then... PS3. <laughs> then I, I, Yeah, exactly. And that's that's why I'm scared because they've done that in the past and they thought they could do it. Hopefully they're not. They, they learn enough from that. But that would be something that could ruin it for them. If they do that, how jaded will gamers be? Because A, they recently raised the price of PSN, which isn't a big deal. It makes sense. Their equal pricing with Xbox makes sense. I'm not... No, no one should be mad about that. Um, but how how we uh, how jaded would gamers be if this thing comes out at six hundred dollars? It's from from the rumored specs. It's not as powerful as a Scorpio. Scorpio comes out next year and it's four fifty. And this is all speculation. Scorpio could easily be six hundred dollars or five hundred dollars too. But I'm just saying. Imagine if Scorpio came out at four fifty and it's like Sony, are you crazy? You want to release this this console that's right. not even as powerful as this one, and this one's coming out at four fifty, and you're trying to charge six hundred dollars? And then you'd have that like foot and mouth uh embarrassing price cut kind of like the 3ds had after it first came out yeah where they dropped the price like oh we're sorry we we didn't we screwed up and then to the people who bought it at full price they had to like they didn't even give them credit they just gave them a couple free games or something also i think this goes along with um uh, showing a comparison if they have like accidental technical difficulties where they're showing off the ps4 slim for some reason and it hiccups and then the neo's working fine for the same game yeah. that could be an issue too because people are like oh yeah well they're spending more time making sure the neo version runs well and not the ps4 slim version i the whole messaging of like the pricing and comparing the two it's people talk crap about microsoft announcing two consoles at the same time but they kind of like navigated that road pretty well. They're like, this one's coming out this year. It's a slimmer version. Get it if you want it. The super powerful one's coming out next year. This is going to be tough if both of these are coming out this fall because they're like, there's a cheaper one and there's a more expensive one. Which one do you want? You know? And I don't know. It's going to be a tough road. Do I think Sony can do it? Hell yeah, obviously. They can, they can get the right messaging across and make this, you know, gold. But the question was, what can they do to screw it up? And I think we covered most of the avenues. Um... Another thing out of left field, if they decided to raise the price of P, uh, the PS Plus again during the conference, it's out of left field. So it's not something that shouldn't happen. That would be crazy. Um, if they announced that the PS4 will never have backwards compatibility, that would be crazy. These are all out of left field that I don't think would happen. But like I said, the question was, what do you think out of left field could screw it up? Definitely out of left field. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Do you have anything else to answer that question? You want to move on to the next one? No, let's move on. Okay, so the next question is from, let me pull it up here, one second, is from Bodacious Chase, uh, Chase Williams over at Twitter, and he told me, uh, or asked rather, uh, what guest appearance would you love to see on stage? So, to me, the first thing I thought of was 
was a, a celebrity appearance, but I'm pretty sure he's meaning like a dev or somebody with Sony. Right. To me, I was thinking like, oh, the Nintendo Direct would be cool if DMX was there. But with the PlayStation meeting, um, as far as guest, I don't know. I definitely want Shuhei there. It was weird that Shuhei wasn't at E3. That was really weird. Um, right. Not a guest, but yeah, I do want him there too. Well, technically, I, I, he is a he is a he guest. works for Sony, right? Yeah, but he is a guest at the meeting, though. He okay, well, however you want to word it, it doesn't matter. It'd be great if he was there. Yeah, as far as so when I think guests, I think of developers. Yeah. One person that I wouldn't be surprised to see, I wouldn't be surprised to see because of the the avenue of the Neo, but would be weird because he's kind of already in cahoots with Microsoft a little bit. Would be Todd Howard. Anytime I can see Todd Howard on stage, I'm cool with that. Um, I don't think that'll happen though. It's kind of weird. Um, what would be cool and would also be out of left field. Imagine if Tom Holland showed up and he's like, Hey guys, I'm actually voicing Spider-Man in the Sony game. That would be cool. Something cool. Yeah. That would be really interesting. Um, Yeah. I didn't think of that. That'd be really cool. That'd be really cool. Uh, I don't know what else I'd be surprised to see. What do you think? Um, all right. I got it for you. you Neil ready? Druckmann comes out on stage with like... Yes. That's literally <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> Go ahead. So, Neil Druckmann comes out on stage. They just announced the Neo and said a couple things about it. And now Neil... Neo and Neil... Those are two different words. I kind of blurred those together. Right anyway. <laughs> Neil. <laughs> Neil Druckmann comes out on stage through some fog or something, you know? Um, and he starts showing uh, Uncharted 4 on the Neo... It's, you know, kind of describing from a developer point of view what, what this means and why it's good, just like Microsoft did when they talked about the Scorpio. They had the developers come and talk about it and say why it's all right and it's great and why they like it. So he does that. And then he finishes by revealing The Last of Us 2. Wow. That'd be cool. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that, never you, I, I think it, he'll be the, do the thing where, like, oh, yeah, we've got something to show you. And then it starts yeah. off quiet and then it builds up. Yeah. That's actually a really cool thing of like so the the Microsoft video was cool because they showed off developers talking about the Scorpio and they couldn't really have them like on stage because games are only in development the consoles coming out for a year. What Sony has the advantage of is because the console is presumably coming out this year. Imagine if all of their first parties came out on stage, talked about why it's good, but not only talked about it, they actually put their their money where their mouth is and they showed the game. Like Sony Santa Monica comes out on stage talks about. You know, God of War, this is a new experience, and look how much more amazing this game is going to look now that we have this technology at our hands. And then they show something we haven't seen from God of War yet. Neil Druckmann comes out on stage and either shows Last of Us 2, which is highly unlikely, or Uncharted 4 DLC. Um, and just these, oh, yeah. these first parties come out on stage and, you know, show stuff. Um, I, I don't think uh, Housemark is a first party, are they? I don't believe so. I think they're what they'd be second party, maybe. I'm not sure. But see, that'd be cool too because so a huge issue people had with the PlayStation conference at E3 was diversity. If you have House Mark come up there and they're like, you know, uh, alienation. Look how good it looks, you know. And they have like, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe a Persona Five uh, uh, devs Atlas comes out. Like they could have a, a bunch of different devs come out, uh, maybe three to five, and they just talk about what this means for Sony fans, and then they show what they'll be getting off of it. Um, that'd be really cool. Also, if you got a release date for a game that doesn't have a release date, so we've talked about back and forth at the PlayStation conference, what is coming out in the next year or so and what isn't. I'm a firm believer that a majority of those games aren't even coming out next year. You were, you and Jordan feel differently. What if they came out and they showed uh, Days Gone and they're like, oh yeah, this is actually launched, we have a release date now, boom. Which is kind of tricky because Sony is kind of, 
had a, some issues with uh, people delaying their games, but yeah. that'd be interesting. What if there's like some blowout with Last Guardian too, where they actually show more of that game? Because some of the stuff they show is kind of weird. Um, Final Fantasy, I don't know if you want to be at this this meeting. I think people are already upset with you. Just be quiet until the game comes out. People don't want to hear more about this game, you know? I think it'd be a huge mistake for Square Enix to have Final Fantasy at this event by any means. Unless it's for the VR segment, but even then you're treading on treading on tough tough uh, territory there. So, What, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's got to be a, some type of game announcement. Maybe just one or two, you know? Like you're saying, a release date. Or another trailer of something that is had not come out yet, right? Yeah. I think there's got to be something. Not too much, though, because remember, they still want to do PSX later this year. Yeah, but that's definitely more... It's more niche the... stuff, but... Yeah. That's where I would expect a, a Sony handheld to get announced, though, over a PlayStation meeting. Yeah. Because this is... I'm going to be watching this event. I'm not a PlayStation gamer. This is an event where people are... Because this has a ripple effect for the future of the industry as far as, like, the Neo, its price point, its specs, when it comes out... Um, whereas a handheld announcement is kind of more niche, uh, or niche, as however you want to say that. Um, another thing that would be this is total dream scenario. Before we get to the closing of the show, imagine if they come out and they're like, one of the games you can expect to be coming to Neo in the future, and it's a super high res, super beautiful looking remaster of Crash. Like it's just like next level because like Crash looks very cartoony, right? And you expect that the remaster is just going to be smoother polygons. But imagine if it's like there's like fur textures on Crash Bandicoot and it's like this basically Crash and like the the Uncharted engine. You know what I'm saying? That'd be crazy because they're like, look how beautiful Crash looks. That'd be insane. As crazy as that would be and as unlikely as that would be. I just thought of something even more unlikely and crazy, but it, technically it could happen. So the rumors were that Nintendo was going to announce and reveal the NX in September of this year. What if this PlayStation meeting is also the NX reveal because the NX is on PS4 or something like that. And the console the console handheld hybrid is actually the yeah. the, the NX oh. plugs into the PlayStation 4 Neo. Fuck off. I can't even. I, I can you imagine? Like the internet would first of all would explode. That would make the, a PS4 a must-own console immediately. It, wow. Let's make this happen, Sony and Nintendo. That no, it would just be unfair. It would be unfair, though. I would. Well, I mean, Ugh. a dream scenario would be, and I this would be so you know the NX is only compatible with the PS4, but then uh, Nintendo announces that they're actually a software platform now, and their only their their only thing that they're gonna have is the NX that only works with the PS4, but all their software comes to all all platforms. I'd be fine with that. This is total hyperbole, and I don't yeah. think this is the case. It's, it's very ridiculous. I think it's very coincidental, um, but if that happened, it'd be insane. Um, we're going to close the show now. A uh, little long for a fireside groove. I expected us to run shorter than usual. <laughs> we actually ran a little bit longer than usual. Um, we uh, like talking about video games. Surprise, surprise. So um, as far as we're going to be playing next week, uh, I want to finish the final station. That game has a super hold on me. Um, I want to get to Quantum Break. I was So I was writing down a list of my top experiences this year of games that released this year and quantum break is a game i want to put on my list but i'm an hour into the game so there's no way it can be on my list right now i want to get back to finish that game i think it's an experience i need to play um, i think if you own a ps4 i think uncharted 4 is a must play game and i think quantum break is that free xbox one and it's kind of a shame i haven't beat it i kind of feel bad about that and i need to um so I definitely i'm going to try to tackle that um and madden 17 too because the nfl season is so close 
Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. What about you? Um, like I said, I'm going on a little trip this weekend, so I'll get lots of time. Uh, on the 3DS and the Vita, so I'll play some more Super Mario 3D Land and some more Bastion, too. I might get some reading done on this drive, too. We'll see. Otherwise, I don't anticipate having much time next week. I have a very busy week once I get back. And then, of course, it's not that far away. We're recording the next podcast. So, um, yeah. Exactly. And we'll have plenty of thoughts on the PlayStation meeting next week. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. We're up to 30 subscribers on YouTube, which is awesome. Uh, We're getting closer and closer every day to getting a custom URL. So, like I said before and almost in every podcast, if you guys like our podcast and you enjoy it, Please share it. Even if it's not through social media, if you have a buddy that you go and have coffee with every morning, be like, hey, listen to this podcast where these guys talk about video games. It's cool. So um, yeah, that's uh, on Twitter, at C-T-R-L-I-N-T. I tweet out all the videos um, as soon as I can once they're uploaded. And it's YouTube.com. Click the little search bar for controlled interest. We don't have our own URL yet, but that's how you find us. On our Twitter, we have the link straight to our YouTube, though. So if you go to our Twitter profile, we have the link there. Once we have a custom URL, then it'll be probably youtube.com slash controlled interest or something um, uh, like that. Um, We're doing pretty well on Twitter, too. Follow us there. Like you said, he he uploads – he – sorry. He posts every video that we upload. Uh, you also post the news quite often too, um, news stories that we find interesting and stuff like that. So it's a nice, a nice thing for your timeline. If you're not necessarily, you know, if you've already watched our video, it's still good to follow us because uh, he tweets out news that you might not hear about in other places. Um, as of hearing this, the patch notes came. Uh, patch notes came out this Friday. Plenty of news to talk about. I t- cover all of this news that you heard about really quickly. Also, a bunch of news that I didn't talk about. Um, so definitely check out patch notes, my weekly video game uh, news little show that's between two and three minutes you can get in get out know what's happening and get out um other than that check out our website we post articles there i recently posted an article talking about my love for spelunky and how i fell in love with that game uh and that's pretty much it um jordan will be back next week hopefully uh and we'll have we'll be back to a three-man podcast any closing words Dom? those aren't words or his thumbs for people listening to the audio version (laughs) (laughs) we'll catch you guys in episode 28 have a good uh day